Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, and this is our international report with Dr. Lee for America, Dr. Mike Eden from the UK, and Andrea Klarich, media and freedom fighter from Croatia, who also is a longstanding businessman with many uh, international perspectives. And we're going to be bringing you the bigger picture of what exactly from the European and US perspective do we see as coming with the next excuse for locking down everyone and taking our freedom? Now, we've all heard Bill Gates very gleefully and almost with a sinister grin on his face bragging about the fact that there is another pandemic coming. And we can be sure Fauci has said this, Bill Gates has said it, the powers that be at World Health Organization are ramping up for another pandemic. You can be sure 2024, of course, that's a presidential election in year in the United States. Again, another pandemic headed our way with more of the COVID tyranny we've experienced the last three years. So what do we exactly see is on the deck based upon the actions and the narrative and the propaganda that we're beginning to see roll out? I think that is a question that all of us are asking. And we see, we see clues happening all around us So our job on this report is to connect the dots and help you look at the characteristics of the playbook that they're using over and over and over again. Same talking points, same dire warning, same propaganda over and over. So let's look at all of the things that may be coming at us and remember the, the pandemic in 2020 began at the beginning of a presidential election year in the United States, a very critical election, and totally disrupted the entire country for the entire year of that presidential election. Then we saw more ominous warnings coming in 2022 with the midterm election, not as bad as what had happened in 2020. Both elections succeeded in being stolen in the United States. That ties in with the Brazil election that was stolen and 
some of the consequences of that are just beginning to be visualized with the President Lula from Brazil, then in lockstep with the World Health Organization and the WEF on more Marxist controls. So what do we see coming for 2024 that's already beginning to roll out? And I'm gonna to turn to Andrea Klarich, our journalist and businessman and freedom fighter from Croatia to give us his perspective because there've been a number of things happening overseas this week that most Americans don't know. So Andrea, bring us up to date on your interviews with the member of the Swedish parliament and what's been going on on the ground in Croatia with the storms that have happened last week and how they are using that. I think you have some really interesting perspectives to share with us. Well, hello, Dr. Lee. Hello, Dr. Yedon. It's a pleasure again. Hello to your audience. Uh, greetings from Croatia. Well, um, from already 2020, when this pandemic, I call them pandemic, starts, I knew that they have a script and they have some plans. And my background, as I already said, was marketing. And I saw from the start, they uh, made a huge marketing campaign. First, they had to uh, scare people. And the scarcity was, well, they said there was a lot of cases. And everybody has to go inside the house. We have to go in lockdown and be afraid and looking for solution. And solution, of course, came in a miracle of vaccine. That was 2020. The most important thing that you bring up a fear, fear uh, for life, fear against some virus and some, uh, some uh, new virus that we don't know much about it. And that was script. Now, three years later, I knew it, but okay, now we are witnessing similar thing. Last week in Croatia happened big storm. This storm uh, was happening in the northern part of Croatia, but it was also in Slovenia and in Austria. It was coming from the side of Alps. And uh, this storm really was very serious one. And unfortunately, three, three people, four people die. But at the same time, we saw something interesting. That was media coverage. Everybody starts to talking with panic that that's because of climate changes. And the main reason for this serious storm, what we have now, it's climate changing. We have to do something. At the same time, politicians start to talking about this. Politician in the power. Prime Minister says the focus has to be climate changes and we have to do something very fast because it seems to that, look, he says, climate changes get faster than we expected. And it's same script like before. And now everybody in Croatia was looking for some kind of, who knows what kind of future measures. I have to say that last week in Israel, they implement a climate lockdown first time. I don't know if anybody heard, 
What climate are you lockdown. talking about? Did they I'm do talking what? about they forbid for people to uh, walk or go out in some part of Israel because of heat. Oh, my heavens. No, I had not heard that. A climate lockdown That's due right. to a heat emergency and they locked right. everybody in their homes in Israel? In some part of the town. I have I have an article about this and they call it they call it climate lockdown. Oh my. you've got to send us the of link to that, Andrea. This is of that is shocking of Israel of all people, of all and countries. Interesting. Interesting. Again, Israel. You know, you know who was the pilot project for vaccines? Yes. Israel. Israel. Yes. Now again, pilot project for climate climate lockdowns again, Israel. I remember when Justin Trudeau, who is the biggest representative of uh, World Economic Forum, he's a puppet of Klaus Schwab, and yes. both of them admitting this. He said, whatever we learn in these measures for COVID, we have to implement for climate changes. That was his words. And now this is coming in reality. I have to say, at the same time, all the media telling that we have a record temperatures. Reality is that they change the way they measure temperatures before mm -hmm. they measure it two meters above the level of the ground. Now they are measuring exactly on the ground and it's much hotter. Same thing happened with measuring uh, efficacy, not efficacy, sorry, they changed the definition. Of, with no, COVID. they changed definition for pandemic in 2010, uh, 2009. From 2009, uh, definition for pandemic is that you have to have a viruses who is from all around the world, but doesn't have to be very little. You know, before it has to be little. Now it doesn't have to. That means you can declare pandemic for every virus every year. Well, and Andrea, they also yeah. changed the way they designated positive cases. They, they went from someone who was sick as the definition of a case to someone who simply tested positive on an asymptomatic patient who right. was and using a flawed test that could be adjusted on the cycle threshold up to you know, they run the test at 45 or 48 cycles and you're going to get everybody, 90, 80% of the people are going to test positive whether That's they're right. sick or not. That's right. <clears throat> we never did that before. So you're saying they're using exactly the same technique of changing the thing. way they do something in order to scare everyone. Bottom That's line. Right. Bottom line. And just one more thing, Ed. The same people same media, same, we can say, I call, the, I call them models who are uh, coming in the television telling us that now it's really emergency situation, same people, and all of them are somehow connected to the globe of Rome, to the WHF, to the WHO, all of them are connected to the same institutions. That exactly cannot be right. coincidence. 
Exactly yeah. right. And why do they make Israel the pilot experimental place for all of this? What are your they, observations uh, on that? Go on, Andrew. I, I have thoughts, but what do you think? I think because uh, Israelis trust to their government mm -hmm. and they are very yeah. disciplined. And that's the reason why they start for the first place. Uh, they could never make it in Croatia this way because we don't trust our government and we're showing this every day in the street. Israelis trust to Israeli government. And that's why it's much easier to implement this in Israel than anywhere, anywhere else. I agree with you. I agree that's it, that I make exactly the same exception that as a consequence of there being a very high level of trust in the executive, notwithstanding corruption, you know, repeatedly the <laughs> prime ministers have gone to jail or been accused of various things. The people uh you know being jews together and their leaders are jews believe that they'd never do anything bad to us they're, they're the ultimate victim and uh in case anyone wants to throw any accusations at me uh i was fostered by uh, a jewish family and brought up from teenage by a jewish family so uh i i have some insights into the dark history uh, in that half of the um half of my foster parents family was completely missing because they never made it out of europe so yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And it's dreadful. Well, is there another even more sinister aspect to making Israel a pilot project, but a continuation of the persecution of Jews that began in World War II with the Holocaust? It's certainly possible. The, again, some people say, oh, you're down the rabbit hole. Uh, Andrew, the expression in Britain, down the rabbit hole means you, you've absorbed the latest con, um, uh, conspiracy theory. But well, what it, I do is... It wasn't a again, conspiracy in the World War not. II. They exterminated six million Jews. Sure. I know I was, I was talking about where I was going to go, that most people probably don't know this. Uh, when I've asked them, they don't. But there is officially a security activity called Operation Paperclip run by the Allies, led by the Americans at the end of World War II, uh, specifically... Uh, clever people in the American administration realized that Nazi Germany had many very clever engineers, scientists, psychologists, uh, and propagandists. And the proposal was put to the American president that presumably signed it off, that if we could attract those people uh, to exchange an amnesty, we would grant them in exchange for them working for us. That would be better than them falling into the hands of the Soviets. And so Operation Paperclip uh, went around and scooped up people, most famously Werner von Braun, who was the rocket engineer uh, for NASA, and he was Hitler's lead rocket engineer for the VV weapons uh, that rained on Britain. But what I didn't realize as a younger man and only found out recently was it was a very large number of people, and it wasn't just engineers. <laughs> it was also propagandists. And so those people were often maybe 30, 40 years old, in the prime scientifically, most of them would have had a young family, and the entire family was offered uh, relocation, amnesty, and work with the government. Now, ask yourself, what happened to the grandchildren? What is now, the, what are the occupations <coughs> of the grandchildren of the paperclip generation in America? And my hunch is that quite a few people, the grandchildren of Operation Paperclip, are operating this uh are perpetrators of these crimes so in a way 
Uh, you could argue that Fourth Reich never completely ended, Third Reich didn't completely end, it just removed its headquarters to, to, uh, to Washington and Langley. Well, Dr. Dr. Eden, there's there's been a lot of um, revelations in the U in the United States about exactly that. So, no, I, I I don't think there's any question that that operation existed. Uh, Henry Kissinger was was certainly one of them, and I know I know you're absolutely right about Werner von Braun, and and many others. And I, I think we see evidence of that today and we see a, other um, media, other journalists, investigative journalists exposing it. So I, I think you're correct. Yeah, so um, turning to the, the weather situation, I, I'm confident that what Andrew said uh, a few minutes ago is, is correct. And there are a number of um, people who've analyzed these two situations, that is the, the pandemics and the pandemic responsiveness, which extends from fear, uh, uh, an oppressive totalitarian lockdown and, and other ways of damaging society and the economy. And then the denouement is the injection of these gene-based preparations, which again, is right in my wheelhouse. There is no question, and others have heard me said repeatedly that these were these are intentionally harmful. They are intended to harm you, maim, and kill. And we can refer them, Dr. Lee, to interviews I've given in other episodes of the of the vaccine whistleblower report. That's true. And uh, what we see is a parallel activity um, it, with, with the weather. Um, and if you go back through history, it's really easy. Uh, it wants you to suspend disbelief. It's really easy to see 25 years of pan tabletop simulations of pandemic preparedness. Easy, you can see repeatedly. Uh, so in my view, the entire thing was, was planned from the beginning uh, and they engineered it through propaganda. And as you say, this um, fake um, piece of diagnostic kit, the PCR test, in parallel, there's at least 50, five zero years of preparation for this, for this event. And it consists, as, as Andrew said, people like the Club of Rome, there's the idea that there are limits to growth and the capitalist model will destroy the world because population will grow until we uh, outgrow the resources. That's certainly a Malthusian thought after a gentleman called Malthus. And both UK and US people around 1900, the turn of the 18th, 19th, uh, 19th, 20th century, had a very strong philosophical view that there are too many people on the planet and they need to be cut back. And they formed the uh, heart of the American and British eugenics societies that ran roughshod, really, over liberal democratic principles right up to the Second World War. And then, of course, they couldn't continue with the name eugenics society after what was uncovered in Nazi Germany. And so they changed the names to things like Planned Parenthood, because their their bent really is reducing the number of humans on the planet, and by sheer coincidence, Bill Gates' father was, I believe, the lawyer for Planned Parenthood, which is the descendant directly of the American Eugenics Society. So it's not a far stretch to see Mr. Gates, you know, Bill Gates, uh, as being involved in initiatives whose goal ultimately is to. I'm afraid, you know, kill rather large numbers of people. So 
the yeah, I mentioned with all the pandemic planning and then the overpopulation planning, the uh, that fed very directly through the green movement and then um, the small blue green marble, the, the so called picture from space of the earth, and that formed this idea that it's a delicate ecosystem. And and then over the, over the subsequent decades, um, peaking I guess in 1992 with the Rio Earth Summit. That was the occasion where people working through the UN persuaded the governments, I think, of something like 190 countries to sign up for things like Agenda 21, which morphed into the UN 2030 Sustainable Development Goals. I, I have no doubt most of them had no idea what they were signing, but to cut to the chase, the Sustainable Development Goals of UN 2030 include things like us having colder, hungrier lives, no international travel, no private vehicles at all, uh, and, and so on and so forth. And so um, you do see a very strong link, and I'm confident, Andrew, what Andrew said is right. They're now turning to use the climate and lies about it uh, as a propaganda tool to bend people in the same way as they did with pandemic, um, which will be first fear, uh, second, oppressive action, and third, uh, a crushing of dissent of anyone who asks any questions at all. So I'll pause there, but that is definitely occurring. Yes, I think also uh, that uh, not only that's the script the same, they're using the same people and yeah. also the same language like, you know, before was anti-vaxxers, now there is a climate deniers and yeah. if you ask a question logical question then they said you are climate denier and they don't want to talk about it. even they make some instructions for the scientists and exactly in these instructions says next you have to debate about everything except climate changes vaccines and uh, an evolution Mm -hmm. Everything else you have to debate, you can debate, but not about this. This is a dogma. And it's similar to what happened in the last three years. Whenever you ask a question, logical question, then they said you just one thing. You are climate denier and they don't want to talk about it. And I had an interview with Elsa Widing. She's a member of Swedish parliament and she's the expert in energy and climate. And she confirmed me there is no climate emergency. There is only policy who wants to uh, renew energy, exactly change the sources of energy in Europe and to make some stupid policy what says carbon zero emission until 2050. What is exactly, not only it's not possible, it's so expensive that can only make Europe much poorer than it, it is right now. Well, that's yeah. exactly right. And that's what they've been doing in the United States as well with when Biden's first day in office shut down the Keystone pipeline that would make the US energy independent and we could export lower cost energy to other countries. He shut that down. And now the Biden administration is denying access to natural gas stoves for homes, for example, lower cost 
options for cooking, for example. And one of the things that we're seeing in the United States tied into the oppressive actions Dr. Eden just mentioned and the crushing of dissent, what we're finding is that rather than making new law through Congress, the weaponized regulatory agencies are making more and more and more draconian rules that tie down people's lives, very much like Gulliver was tied mm -hmm. down with all of the ropes by the little Lilliputians. Well, our government bureaucrats in the regulatory agencies are the little Lilliputians making all of these ropes of regulations that tie us down. Um, for, for example, they've just been under the ATF, which is the Bureau of Alcohol and, and Firearms Control. They've been making rules about various equipment for firearms that actually some of the rules, for example, a pistol brace would make felons of more than several million Americans who are pur purposefully um, and legally owning weapons and using the, uh, these additional accessories that are perfectly legal. So it, it's, it's a control of the population, as you said, through fear and through oppressive actions and add to that oppressive regulations. Now we're coming up on a break. Any closing comment quickly on, on that from either of you? Only that I believe we should prospectively try and get ahead of this becoming embedded in people's belief structures. We must do that. Exactly right. Well, one of the things that Andrea Claridge in Croatia is doing is leading the freedom fight, as are you in the UK, Dr. Eden, and we are doing that with our whistleblower reports here in the United States. So with that, let's take a break and we'll be right back with the second half of the whistleblower report, international report. Go to truthforhealth.org, download our vaccine injury treatment guide, our fact sheets, many of which are targeting how you prepare for the next emergency. If you've been vaccine injured, file a citizen's vaccine injury report and sign up for our email alerts and newsletters. Join our Faith Over Fear seminar every Tuesday night and learn the tools to help you be self-sufficient and improve your health and resilience. And if you are able to support us financially, donate to our public charity to help us continue the fight. We will be right back after the break. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report International segment with Dr. Lee for America, Dr. Mike Eden from the UK, and Andrea Kararic from Croatia, businessman, journalist, and freedom fighter. So Andrea, you may have some things to add to what I was saying as we were closing the first segment, the, using the, the regulatory agencies in any country to weaponize the agency against the freedom of the people is a common tool 
in every playbook they've been using. Well, absolutely. And especially in Croatia, we see here that every policy what is made is made in Brussels. It seems so that our prime minister is looking for his next term, but not as a Croatian prime minister. I think he's uh, looking for some place in Brussels or even higher because he's one of the candidates for becoming a new uh, secretary of NATO. And uh, he now listening everything what they say, and you can really feel it here that he tries to make Croatia a prototype of country that they would like to see as a new country in a great recent reset society. And now we are witnessing that here talking about uh, climate changes, what really he doesn't have any, any uh, uh, proof in Croatia that is happening. He using the same tools like media and also same uh, plans as we see concerning the measures, what we felt in pandemic. And now he said that the main focus of his last year as a prime minister in this term will be climate changes. And now we felt really two strong, uh, two strong storms. But everybody knows that this kind of storms was before. Immediately after this storm came, I found out one article from 1973, where they said that was a huge storm in Zagreb and lots of things were destroyed. Same storm like today. And that was 50 years ago. And that was additional storm, I think in the 80s. I'm not sure if it's 83 or 82, but doesn't matter. Also very strong storm. And everybody now see, it was happening before. Before we even knew that climate changes is happening. And that's why everybody's now asking a question, how come that now we are in emergency situation, how come they just one month ago, they established message, message who came to all Croatian citizens, message for alert for uh, emergency situation. We never had this organization before, but suddenly just one month ago, we established it in Croatia and suddenly now we have emergency situation. At the same time, our ex, President, Mrs. Uh, Kalinda Grabar-Kitarovic is became, just one month ago, became member of the board of World Health Organization for emergency, emergency. situations. Uh, and at the same time, we are in the middle of new pandemic treaty, they're calling this, or, or international health regulation, where uh, WHO wants to take over new authorities who are above our constitution. And they're taking this for, you, you have to say, emergency situation for international uh, importance. That could be even climate importance. It's not only pandemic. It's all kind of 
emergency situation. And this is climate emergency. It cannot be everything coincident. No, no, it, it's absolutely right. Uh, and not, not I, I agree with everything you said, Andrew. Uh, again, I've done my own research. It is true that the Italian businessman who founded the, the Club of Rome, which people can look up, uh, and a group of economists um, who were looking at whether there were limits to, to, to the economic development of the world. And of course, they uh, predictably came out with a report called Limits to Growth. This is in the 1970s, uh, where they claimed essentially there were too many people on the world. And if, if everybody uh, you know, develops their quality of life in the same way that Europeans and Americans have, you know, we'll, we'll destroy the world. Well, that may or may not be true. Uh, but the point is that the predictions they made then uh, were are all have been all proved to be incorrect. And that's because they weren't based on anything. It's a political it is a political goal uh, of people who've been working for at least 50 years, because that very person not only sort of got the Club of Rome going and that led to uh, the, uh, the snowball, as it were, pardon the expression of the uh, whole global warming scene. The International Panel on Climate Change is, is, an, is an organ spun off from and under the aegis of the United Nations. So it's as is the WHO. These it's this, it's a copy-paste. So I'm not saying it's the UN. I'm saying that whoever is doing this, the people I call the perpetrators, they are operating through the ultimate supranational body, the UN, uh, through its uh, twin uh, satanic children called the WHO and pandemics, which are, which are all lies, by the way, folks. Um, severe illness pandemics are literally immunologically impossible, which is why they haven't happened. And on the other hand, you've got the, the other child of the UN, and that's the International Panel on Climate Change. And just in a few words, if you work in any field that could pertain to climate science, because it isn't really a discipline, is it? It's the study of everything that pertains to, to climate. But if you work in that field, you can get gobbits of free cash from your taxpayer and from wealthy foundations like the Rockefellers and um, Bill and Melinda Gates and others, as long as the kind of thing that you are studying and the kind of conclusions you will draw are simply this, that there are too many people, that the climate is changing catastrophically, and that unless you know, we, the elites, do something about it, it will be existential and ends to humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, it's utter poppycock. Um, the, I know as a scientist, not a, not a climate scientist, but I'm a good scientist who spent 40 years reading the literature in areas I need to understand, it's unequivocally the case. Um, and that everyone will agree with you that there are the so-called Vostok ice cores will take you down historically right back in time to when that snow in a permanently frozen place was, was uh, falling out of the sky. And there are ways of measuring directly the CO2 concentration in the bubbles stored in that frozen ice thousands of feet below the ground. And you can measure indirectly the temperature by looking at what are called radioisotopes. It's analogous to carbon dating, only it relates to ratios of, of isotopes. You can get a measure indirectly of temperature. And here's the killer fact for you that destroys everything they're telling you. The temperatures have gone up and down in the world over hundreds of thousands or even millions of years. 
but and CO2 also goes up and down. The killer fact is this, the temperature changes precede the changes in CO2 always by about 800 years. And the reason is, it's something else that causes the warming, and it's almost certainly the solar changes in solar output and our and changes in our orbit. And when, when seawater is gradually warmed by the warming uh, action of the sun, it releases some of the dissolved carbonates. And that's what causes CO2 to rise. When it gets cooler, and we're en route to a, um, an ice age, so the uh, sun's output is the cause, it's reduced in some way, the air temperature falls, the water temperature is cooled hundreds of years later. It's a very laggy, a lag, large lag system, and then the CO2 falls again. So it's definitely, it's like looking at a horse and cart and concluding that the cart is pushing the horse. It's, I'll stop there, but it's, it's literally upside down and the peer-reviewed data proves it. End of story. You're correct, Dr. Yaden. And I, while I'm not a climate scientist, I am a, I am a biologist and my undergraduate and master's degrees were in biology and chemistry, and I needed physics to be able to enter medical school. Mm. So as a scientist and as someone who taught these principles, you're exactly right in everything you just outlined. And all of this is being used to gin up the fear to control the population to lead to the death of people as we started in another show that I did recently, talking about the timeline of depopulation of the earth. It paralleled what you were summarizing quickly today, but there's, there are even more steps to that process that we haven't talked about and we will in upcoming programs. But all of this is designed to follow the long-term agenda to reduce the number of people on planet Earth to some arbitrary number that the global elites in their evil mindset have decided is the number that it should be when they are in their demonic minds playing God and controlling the rest of us. There's no climate emergency. There's no population emergency. And there is no coronavirus emergency we could have treated all of those patients early. You know, I want to share with both of you and our audience a reminder. I found the guideline, I found the information on the use of hydroxychloroquine that Fauci's own journal published in 2005 about how effective it was as an antiviral agent. Then, that was February 2020, I found those earlier articles and began following the information about using hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and the other drugs for treating COVID. Then in March of 2020, I found that the government of India had published, which I saved, guidelines for the prophylactic use of hydroxychloroquine in all first responders, medical professionals, and high-risk people. 400 milligrams once a week. And that was the government medical advisory group for the entire country of India. One of the reasons at the time in early 2020, they had the lowest death rate on the planet from COVID. 
And all of this was in material that I was writing about and speaking about at that time. So then what we began seeing, that was February and March, I was doing that work. And then what we began seeing by the spring, by May, when Fauci announces they're going to have a vaccine for COVID by the December 2020, in unheard of warp speed time. Of course, they didn't tell us that they had been secretly developing it under the Department of Defense protocols for and prototype plans for many years. But nevertheless, once we started hearing that there was a vaccine coming that quickly, which raised a lot of red flags for me medically that they could do it that fast, that's when the persecution of all of us prescribing hydroxychloroquine began to really ramp up. Exactly what you were saying, crushing all dissent. And so then they started, we started having whistleblowers come forward that in the hospitals, they were running the PCR test at 45 to 48 cycles, meaning that about 80% of the people who entered the door of a hospital in the United States were testing positive for COVID. That sent them to the COVID ward and then the COVID death protocol, which meant the hospital got bounties on every step of the way, including the use of remdesivir. So all the way around, you can see how that playbook of orchestrating the message, increasing the fear, restricting, crushing the opposition and censoring any other approaches, how that we just saw played out is being used again with the climate change and calling it an emergency. We've had extreme heat in the desert southwest of the United States for the whole time we've lived here and for generations before that. But now they are hyping it on the news and all these alerts to your cell phone every day, extreme heat, extreme heat, climate emergency. It's nonstop. It's battering people with this. Andre, I'm sure you're seeing it in Croatia as well. And I want to know, how are the Croatian people reacting to this new prime minister and all of his Brussels-led um, policies? Well, there's a specific thing with, with him in Croatia. He's the really uh, already seven years prime minister, and uh, that's the longest period. And he was educated in uh, Europe. But what is important, you know that Croatia, Croatia um, uh, fight for independence. And he was then 21 years old. He was ready, like me, because I, we are the same, same age. He was ready, like me, to go to the war if he wanted to. But he was not in the war. And uh, the reason is because he says that he's, uh, well, he, he has uh, health, health problems. But this was anemia. And uh, when I see elections in United States, always uh, your media is looking for your background of your candidates, background 
army background. They were asking, were they in some war? Because, you know, United States were in lots of wars after the Second World War. Were they serving the army? And this is, was something very important for the candidate if he wants to win the elections. And now you have a country like Croatia that was fight for freedom 30 years ago. And we have now prime minister who was not in the war, who was escaping the war. He says he was sick. Anemia, anemia is not serious illness. And at the same time, we have president of Croatia who was also at that time 24 years old guy who was ready to go to the war, but he wasn't. And you know, it's a huge disappointment for country, for people who lost, lost everything in the war, some of them. They lost family. We now have the main politician who making decision, who never prove, prove really that they were patriots when it was necessary. And that's why I think now people are seeing this uh, more and more that he doesn't care much about our country. He cares more about his political career in the future. Maybe I can add something else important because uh, when you are mentioning this uh, thing concerning the, the, the climate emergencies, you know who is the now uh, WHO director, general specialist envoy for climate change and health? Dr. Vanessa Kerry. She's a daughter, daughter of John Kerry. And you know who is the- Oh, she the, is the daughter of John Kerry? That I did not realize. Yes. And, uh, she, and he is- Was she you know, recently appointed? Andrea, was she recently just, appointed? Just two months ago. Oh my heavens, that's very ominous. Yes, and you know that he's the leading voice of uh, Biden for climate changes. And I was listening his statement in, in the Senate, I think, or Congress, I'm not sure. And there he says, when they ask him, uh, why did you sell, just now you sell your airplane? And he said, no, I never had the airplane. And then again, he asked, well, you maybe didn't, but your wife did. And she That's just- right. <laughs> she just sell the, her airplane, air, private airplane, just a few months ago. And you are talking about climate changes and environment for decades. And this kind of people are now uh, representing a new policy. That's calling double standards. Exactly right. That's the pot calling the kettle black, we used to say. No, the, uh, John Kerry has been a traitor to the United States since the Vietnam War. And I've, I've watched him over his career as an opportunist and trying to always go with the current um, political idea of the moment that is antithetical to our core Judeo-Christian free market, free liberty, people with liberty and freedom to live their lives. He, he always goes against all of those principles. 
And yet he's married to one of the wealthiest women in the United States, the heiress to the Heinz empire. And all of that money was built with the principles that made this country great. And now he and his wife, to a lesser extent, are attacking the very principles that gave them the wealth that they enjoy to have this global elite position trying to control the rest of us. Well, I, I have to say it's typical for politician of this era, because we can see this all around. They are talking uh, talking about some policies and they're not example of these policies. Well, I'm sure Dr. Eden has some comments about that related to the royal family and some of the things that have gone on over the decades. And Yeah, I'm, I'm not a specialist at all, but it's, uh, it's very clear that, uh, you know, the House of Windsor, you know, the, 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 uh, the royal family, uh, have been you know, intimately involved in uh, both WHO and, in particular, the World Economic Forum. So King Charles, as he now is, when he was uh, Prince Charles, and most people regarded him as a little bit odd, uh, he would talk to his plants, for example, um, uh, that I think he's fallen you know, completely for the, uh, you know, the lies of plausible people like Klaus Schwab, and I think his family has been in lockstep for 50 years. Um, and I'm, unfortunately, I'm confident that our, uh, our former queen, uh, who was well-loved um, and did give her whole life to service as monarch, uh, understood exactly what was going on. This is a, a very, very long-run, uh, elite-driven uh, plan for the future of humanity, which is not logical, certainly not necessary and i will tell you um, and your audience should hear this that i've received at least two handwritten letters from people who say i've i've been hearing what you're saying and and i've arrived at the determination that that this needs to happen because the world is overpopulated and we're destroying the environment and thank you for your your transparency and courage but but by the way someone's got to do it and it's good that they're doing it i'm, I'm not kidding some people even when they work it out they think ah oh, yeah there, there must be a good reason why they're doing this and that's that planet earth we've only got there's no planet b as they say um and so you know there are too many of us and we'll destroy it but here are just a few statistics to conjure with um you could get every single person man woman and child on the planet in the state of Texas, and they would all have a very generous plot, large enough that they would need to shout to be heard by their neighbor. Uh, it's There are not that many people, they're really not, there's about 8 billion people, many people, including Elon Musk, who I'm sure is no, no friend of ordinary people, um, has said that he believes the biggest challenge in the late 21st century will be population collapse. Population collapse, he repeated it slowly twice. And uh, most demographers believe that to be true because every country, I think, except some of the sub-Saharan countries of Africa, every other country has birth rates lower than that necessary to even maintain the population of your country. And all of um, you know, Northwest Europe, all those advanced economies, 
the average number of children uh, born to to each you know young woman between say 20 and 40 has has fallen steadily over my lifetime 60 years to the point where it is well below the replacement rate um and so and that and basically what we know is that as soon as women have sufficient empowerment to have you know uh, some education and a little disposable income they the first thing they do is control how many children they have when they when they can choose it one through one method or another they choose to have less, less children and so the fastest way to stabilize the population would be to improve the lot of sub-Saharan Africans, uh, probably through use of more fossil fuels, not less. And very quickly, we will see the population uh, begin to decline. And I do think that's a major problem, perhaps for the perpetrators, that business depends on bank loans, ultimately, um, to produce money from thin air, which is what central banks do, when they are lent in a productive cause and profitably, the the central bankers and their private owners uh, benefit hugely. You know, they take a very large part of economic growth, and they have done for centuries. If we have a world of that's moving towards a reducing, you know, GDP, if global GDP will fall because there'll be fewer people, that would be a healthy thing. Uh, less strain on resources. Uh, that that's that's the end of the money tree. For, for the owners of the central bank. So if I was to pick a reason other than they are satanic at heart, which I think they are, it probably would be economic. And that is what Catherine Austin Fitz, a former financial member of the Reagan administration, she, she says that there may be other reasons, but economics is enough to drive this. Uh, can, can I just right. add one more thing? Even if it's true that uh, planet is overpopulated. Who are there to decide it? Who will stay and who have to die? Mm. They're exactly playing exactly right, Andrea. That is absolutely the bottom line. They are playing God. It is an evil agenda, and it is an assault on God's gift of life when they decide as humans that they are better than God. America and the world listening, thank you for being with us today. This is your life and your freedom at stake. And each week we will bring you the international report on the whistleblower report to help you understand what is being orchestrated to take both your freedom and your life and what you can do to stand against it. Join our Faith Over Fear seminar every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And we are a virtual community of people around the world coming together to act in faith to defend God's gift of life and freedom and learn and share with each other the tools that will help improve our health and resilience. So stay tuned for all of the new programs coming from Truth for Health Foundation. Sign up for our email alerts. Join our crusade. We are voiceless no longer. And donate to support our work and keep us in the fight. We'll see you again next week with the International Report.